Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jen and I have a great relationship. Carter and I have a great relationship. And I think that so often it's easy to say, well, do they, like, do they care? You know, but they, I mean, they do. They, they love this organization. They love... Uh, with the city of Chicago and, and the Cubs represent, and they want to do everything they can in order to put us in the best position possible. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Gabe Ramirez is kind enough to sit in for David this morning. He gets the rare day off, and we've been talking about, uh, about the Cubs, the Cubs signing uh, – Center fielder Coney Bellinger to a three-year, $80 million deal. And uh, now joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino is Andy Martinez of the uh, the Marquee Network, CircaLasVegas.com. Andy, good morning. How you holding up, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Well, you're working hard, and we appreciate that. And... Uh, you know, we, we've been having a fun conversation this morning talking about Cody Bellinger, what it means, how pleased everyone uh, is, the players talking about it. We know what a big deal this is. And, you know, technically he gets $5 million more than he would have had last year by opting, uh, by opting out. So he kind of wins a little bit. But I feel like this is a really good – uh, contract for the Chicago Cubs. I know he can opt out after each of the first two years of the deal, but it it buys them time, gives them cover. They got a great player coming back in, and you don't have to worry about regression because uh, it's not a long term deal, and it's not something that uh, that you have to worry about beyond. They're, they're paying them thirty million, which is the most they've ever paid anyone for a season, but it feels like a good deal for the Cubs. It, it really does, and it feels like a good deal for both sides. Clearly one of the, I guess, issues with a lot of teams with Cody Bellinger was the, the underlying metrics, right? His batted ball data kind of didn't line up with what his actual numbers were. So there was some concern there. 
He was also coming off two really, really poor seasons in 21 and 22 that I think people were wondering, is 2023 who Cody Bellinger is, or is it more closer to who he was in 21 and 22? I kind of tend to think he's kind of somewhere in the middle and probably a little bit closer to 23 than definitely what he was in 21 and 22. But it allows him to kind of essentially reset his market once again, right? If he has a really good season this season, he can go back into the free agency market and probably find that long-term contract that he was trying to get this season that clearly he could not get. Andy, you know, a lot of people in Chicago are, you know, believers in Ryan Poles. They love what he's done so far for the Chicago Bears. But when you're looking at the front office of the Chicago Cubs, you got to tip your cap to them as well. I feel like they understand what they are doing, not only for the future of the team, but but in the present as well. Yeah, it's Dansby Swanson yesterday had, I think a really interesting quote where he says internal improvements aren't always the sexiest or flashiest things. And, and I mean, everyone would agree, right? It's more, always more exciting to, to have Cody Bellinger join your team and have him be, contribute to the lineup than say like, Oh, let's have this prospect get a run of at bats. Like the, the, the prevailing thought among fans and among everyone else is always going to be, well, you want to have that sexy veteran come in and just free agent veteran, just come in and turn around your lineup but they've really done a good job of building up this farm system to where a lot of these prospects that you heard about when they were first acquired or when they were first drafted, whatever it was, you're like, they're so far away. They're at the point now where it's like, well, they're at double A or triple A or potentially trying to be on a major league roster. Andy, we had an interesting uh, conversation with Bruce Levine, where we asked if uh, the presence now of, uh, of Bellinger means that Pete Crow Armstrong is back to the minor leagues. And, you know, you could put him in Iowa and you can get him every, every uh, at, you know, at bat you could dream of. And maybe, maybe he fights his way back up Christopher Morell style from last year. And, and Bruce seemed to think, no, you're, you know, he's the best defensive outfielder on the team and you'd be better off with him as a defensive replacement, uh, even for a guy like Cody Bellinger, and have Bellinger come in and be a defensive replacement at first base, are, are you are you leaning toward PCA being back in the minors, or is he ready to be that kind of defensive guy, even if he doesn't get as many at bats in the major leagues? I tend to lean more towards the minor league side. But I see Bruce's point, and I would wholeheartedly agree in the sense that if the Cubs are trying to win, which they clearly are in 2024, then you want the best possible roster. And having Pete Crow Armstrong as a defensive replacement in the outfield presents your best defense, your best optimized roster, right? But for his development and for the Cubs' long-term future, is it best that he sits and maybe plays once or twice a week and doesn't see hitting or major league pitching, excuse me, for for long periods of time? I don't think that's probably the best course of action for his development and for the Cubs. So I kind of tend to think that his best his best pathway is going back to AAA, getting every day at bats, and whether it's an injury, whether it's, like you said, forcing his hand like Christopher Merle did, like I think it, it gets to the point where come it could be as early as middle of April or May or whenever, the Cubs have the decision to make, well, this guy's ready. How do we find a way to implement him into the lineup? Andy, when you're looking at this Cubs team last year, you know, I'm not talking about pitching here. I'm talking about position players. They tried their best to inject some youth and some spark into this lineup with a couple of names. 
I'm curious of those players, you know, the Jared Youngs, the Matt Mervises, you know, even the Pete Armstrongs. Uh, of all of those young guys, who do you think is going to make? Now, nah, let's leave out Pete Armstrong because that's a too easy of an answer. You know what? Let me ask a more specific question <laughs> because I guess I really just want to know about Matt Mervis. I've been talking about him all day. And I guess of all the young guys that I saw last year, Andy, he's the one that I feel like maybe not got the got a raw a raw deal, but I wish he would have gotten a little bit more time or he wouldn't have been under so much pressure when he came up. So I guess my question to you is a guy like Matt Mervis, does he strike you as someone who can make the biggest leap of the non-pitching prospects for the Cubs? Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Just because the the Cubs kind of front office kind of told you what what their intentions are in first base with the Michael Bush edition and now really the the Cody Bellinger edition, it kind of puts Matt Mervis as the fourth first baseman in best case scenario with Patrick Wisdom also getting refs at first base and, and being a right-handed option at first base. So it's interesting kind of what they've done this offseason and showing what where Matt Mervis kind of fits in the picture. Let's not get it let's not forget though, he hits a lot of home runs, which is the hardest thing to do in this game, and that can't be overlooked. I I'm curious as to if they can find somehow, whether it's through injury, whether it's through him just again doing what he's done the last two seasons in the minor leagues, hitting a lot of home runs. Does that get him a pathway to maybe an extended run? He never really had that extended run. He struggled when he was playing and then was sent down and never came back up. So I'm curious, like, if he gets uh, an extended run, does that have, like, does he turn into a a major league caliber hitter? I don't know. And really, it's getting to the point where is is that going to happen to the Chicago Cubs? With the Chicago Cubs, we don't know either. Are are they done? Is this the team they're going to go to battle with? I mean, we keep. You know, I mean, there's a third baseman that's there. You don't want to uh, block somebody forever, and they're kind of holding tryouts at third base. And it's a great way, if Morell can play it, to uh, to get him his bat in the lineup every day. But I'm just curious, Chapman is out there. Would would they make another move? Are they out of money? What do you make of whether – I mean, I know they signed uh, Garrett Cooper to a minor league deal, and he could be – a DH for them if things worked out for him. Uh, we'll see what happens. But do you feel like this is co- a complete roster now? It, I, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't go out as far as to say it's a complete roster, but I, it kind of feels like they're done. I, at least they're acquiring yeah. out of talent. Maybe there's a reliever that that they they find a deal that that both sides work and and they go after it. But it, it kind of feels like what they have, they're they're content with. And if the right deal presents itself, right, if Chapman continues to linger out in the market and and decides he's willing to take a one-year deal and the, the money lines up, maybe it fits in. But Chapman's just an interesting name because he has a draft pick compensation tied to him. So if you're getting him for a one-year deal, you that not only factor in whatever his contract is, 15, 20, whatever, pick a number, but you also factor in that you're losing your second-round draft pick. And we've seen how valuable those draft picks have become. Two years ago, it was Jackson Ferris who turned into Michael Bush. Mm. They drafted Jackson Wiggins last year, who seems like he could be a, a very decent pitching prospect. You, you don't want to necessarily give up that, that second-round pick for one year of Matt Chapman. And that makes sense. I mean, obviously, they're, they're trying to build something here. We talked about it earlier in the conversation, Andy. You know, there, I do have a ton of faith in the front office of the Chicago Cubs to not only put the best product on the field in the present, but even towards the future, whether that's at the trade deadline Next year's off season, I, I truly am confident in the front office to put together uh, that that staff. 
speaking of stats, when you're looking at the, the rotation of the Chicago Cubs, how are you slotting in these guys in your mind? Like, where, how do you see them playing out? I mean, because, you know, after Justin Steele, uh, everybody's pointing at each other kind of, you know, because they're the same person. Obviously, we have no idea what Shota's going to bring. But in your mind, how does that ro- rotation pan out? What's, what does one through four or five look like to you? Yeah, so after Steele, prob- I would think it's probably Jamison Tyon just to kind of break up the lefties and then maybe Imanaga and then Hendricks. The fifth starter spot's one of the big battles in camp, but uh, Craig Council kind of downplayed it just because there's he's mentioned, and this is true, you can statistically look back on past seasons, you use eight, nine pitchers that to say, like, all right, you have your five starters, and these five starters are going to make 30 starts throughout the year. Just, that just doesn't happen anymore. You, you're looking at, like, yes, whoever is going to start the fifth game, that's technically your fifth starter. But as we saw last season, Hayden Wesneski won the fifth uh, starter job and by May, he was he was no longer in the rotation. There's going to be some 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 different combination of that fifth starter, or really a potentially a sixth starter, maybe to to kind of give break in some some rest days for some of the other starters. I, I, it could be Jordan Wicks, Drew Smiley's being started uh, stretched out to be mm-hmm. a starter, and he's impl- he's implemented a couple of new pitches, a slider and a splitter that he hopes can kind of get him back to where he was early on in in 2023. Javier Saad's also an interesting candidate, just given. He was one of the Cubs' best pitchers on the stretch last year. Uh, when when things kind of started going wrong, he was still the, the the most stabilizing force. So there's a lot of interesting internal candidates that could fit into that fifth starter spot. But for for two through four, I I would figure it's Tyone, Imanaga, and then Hendricks, um, maybe just to break up the the, the righty lefties a little bit. I, I Craig Council is a very interesting guy. He's like down p- playing the. Starting pitching, he's downplaying the lineup. He basically says it doesn't matter who leads off or how you use guys as long as your best players are at the top of the order. Yeah, he's just he's just super relaxed about all of it. He really is. It's 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 so kind of interesting to me. Like I had never really I'd never really interacted with Craig Council before he was hired as the, the Cubs manager and seeing him the, this is he's widely considered or the the best manager in baseball, and it's just such a calm and relaxing presence that he has. Where you're you're kind of think well, like I, like I can see why this guy is the 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 best manager. A lot of players yesterday were talking about Cody Bellinger's calming presence and and like how like he's the same chill everyday guy every single every single day, whether he's on a hot streak or whether he's struggling, and how refreshing that is in a clubhouse. Well, when you get that from the manager, that's probably just as refreshing and, and relaxing to see that the guy who's leading you is going to be the same guy day in and day out. Yeah. And it's fun to see a guy like Craig council, you know, being there. I, I I'm trying to think in my mind, and I want to ask you, Andy, your opinion on like, wh- what is council's weakest area, right? Cause so many people coming in, one of the best managers in the game, going to make a big difference coming in with the same team. It doesn't matter. You got Craig council. But where are some areas that you think he might he might struggle in? That's a good question. I mean, the the at least if you look at his resume and and what his past has said, it would you would say it's the playoffs, right? Just given the 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 struggles that Milwaukee has had in the playoffs, but the playoffs also are a complete. There's a lot of randomness. There's no there's no like just because you're a good manager doesn't mean like you're a bad playoff. Like there's there's so many variabilities that go into playoffs that you can kind of write that off. I think the biggest thing for council right now is just getting to know the Cubs organization. He's been with Milwaukee for so long that I think his weakest 
point, and he's making it an effort to not make it a weak point, is just getting to familiarize himself with everything about the Cubs, the players. We've seen him on the backfields chatting with Owen Casey, chatting with some of these prospects, just getting to know them and how important that is. And he's stressed that, and he's preached that, and he's gone through with that. You see him talking to everyone in the organization, getting to know them, because he's mentioned numerous times some of these guys that you think they're they're probably not going to be in the in the major leagues. They could be getting big at bats or pitching big innings come uh, June, July, August. You know, one of their most intriguing signings is Hector Neris, just because of the way last season went and the way they kind of melted down in the bullpen uh, at the end of the year. And so you bring this guy in, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see exactly how he's used. You know, he's a, he's he's technically like the high leverage guy, but we don't know what inning uh, council's going to consider the high leverage inning. Yeah, and Hector spoke about it in one of his first media availabilities. He mentioned the ninth gets kind of all the attention because it's the last inning and, and games you can lose games in that situation. But sometimes the biggest situation occurs in the sixth or seventh or eighth inning. And, and he's ready to pitch in all those situations. What is interesting is, is in his contract, he has the, the games finished clause where he gets an incentive if he, depending on the number of games he's finished. So, like, this is maybe Craig Council didn't go out and flat out say that Adbert Alzali is closer. He's in the mix, and he deserves to, to be in the mix given how he pitched last year. But does that maybe factor in a little bit? I don't know. Um, but Hector Neris, I think, is probably, I, I agree, it's probably the most underrated signing that they've made. Like, Bellinger is the flashiest, and, and Imanaga was, was really important for the rotation. But the, the struggles late last season kind of came down to the bullpen, and okay. the three guys that they relied on were Merriweather, Leiter, and Alzali. And by the end of the season, Leiter and Alzali were dealing with injuries, and, and Merriweather was kind of the only arm that was relied was able to be relied upon. You add in Hector Neris, you add in a Yancy Almonte. They have Carl Edwards Jr. in camp on a, on a minor league deal. They've built in enough veteran options that, they don't have to turn to a prospect coming up for the first time and and hope he can get used to major league uh, environment right away and be a high leverage drum, kind of like what they were hoping with Luke Little late in the season. So it, it, they've built up enough veteran depth that they can kind of protect themselves from from over usage in, in the bullpen. Yeah, it, it it is really interesting for that very reason. And I think that, you know, as we look at their um, young players um, you know, is Ben Brown going to be knocking on the door eventually? And is he going to be up here? Does that mean someone in the rotation moves into the bullpen? You know, we, we don't know exactly how they're going to go about this, but they've got like seemingly an endless supply of these young arms on the way. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to kind of going back to that bullpen point. I remember at this point last year, the, the Cubs didn't make a ton of veteran bullpen signings, and, and the thinking was, well, they have so many young arms coming up through the bullpen that they're going to be contributing, and then a lot of those guys struggled in the minor leagues or got hurt, and really, like, uh, Daniel Palencia was really the only one that was kind of pitching regularly, and Luke Little, I know, came up late in the year, but there was there was this abundance of young relief pitching that was supposed to be that was supposed to be ready to contribute to the major league roster, and it just kind of didn't happen. So, yeah, like they have a lot of starting pitching depth right now, but as we've seen in a, in a, in a baseball season, a lot can happen. Ben Brown uh, seemed like he was going to be a major leaguer at some point last year, and then he dealt with an oblique or, or lat injury late mm-hmm. in the season that he, he ended his season on, on, uh, with, on the injured list. So 
yeah, they have a lot of options right now, but part of the reason why you built up so many options is because guys are going to struggle, guys are going to be hurt, and you're, you're not going to be able to say, well, we have 12 starting pitchers. That's a good problem to have because you, at the end of the day, you might only have eight or nine. Great stuff, Andy. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all the insights, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. That is Andy Martinez from the Marquee Network. Does a great job. Interesting stuff all the way around as you start picking apart where this team is at and uh, and are they better than they were a year ago? Will the manager make that big a difference? Um, they had a decent manager last year. I thought he was good. I thought he did a great job over the last couple of seasons. I'd take him. I wanted to ask Andy how many years he thinks Belly's going to be playing for the Cubs. I, I think – it, it, that is a really tough one to call because if he has a really good year, maybe he's gone. If he has a mediocre year, maybe he's back. It's it's a tough one I feel, because I, I, of the opt-out. $30 million is a lot of money. But, but Mully, I think even if he has a good season, let's say it's comparable to last year, okay, and he hits the free agent market, don't you, don't you assume that teams will treat him the exact same way? I am not sure you can duplicate this. Well, if he duplicates it, then obviously he's going to do pretty well. Again, I, I think teams would probably treat it the same way. I don't know, man. Can you do it for we'll three more years? You know, it's a, it's a really good question, yeah. and it's a fun one to com- contemplate. 312-644-6767. How many years will he be here? The guy effectively signs a one-year deal, <laughs> but is it a three-year deal? If he's if he's accepting twenty million for the third year, then things went yeah. the wrong way. <laughs> Molly and Haw, he's Gabe Ramirez on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I mean, there, there's who he is as a, as a baseball player, and that's you know, obviously massive for us. But then just his, his presence, like you mentioned, both in the clubs, clubhouse and the lineup, I feel like makes everybody else better. And it's not really a measurable thing, but it's something I definitely really believe in. And, um, yeah, he's awesome. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that is Nico Horner, and he's talking about Cody Bellinger. Yeah, he's awesome. It's 
right? <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. Nice and to have an awesome player. I love the sign with you. Bruce Levine said that when I asked him, you know, who's winning here? Is it the, is it Belly? Is it the Cubs? And he said it's the fan base because <laughs> it's true. Every, yeah, everyone so at true. least can like yep. let out a sigh of relief, Mully. Oh, I mean, look, they needed to get this <laughs> done, and uh, and they've managed to, and that is uh, that's a wonderful thing. Um, to see happen. I, I I felt it was a fait accompli. I felt like as we watch teams, whether it be Toronto or the Giants, kind of start signing guys and falling away from bringing back Bellinger, you just felt like the only place for him was the Cubs. And the question was whether they were going to blink and give him the uh, the kind of money he was looking for. And the answer was no, um, they weren't. And they did give him a lot of money for one year. And it's effectively a one-year deal. And as you say, um, he will he will either opt out or stay with the contract depending on how the season he has goes. I'm sure he wants that long-term money, but he knows he's covered for $30 million for a couple of years. I, I would be really surprised. He's 28. So when he hits 30 and he's on the free agent market again – I don't think he's looking for $20 million a year. I think he's looking for more money than that. Well, when you're looking at, you know, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, guys that can't get deals, they yep. both are 31. Yep. It's just an age that most teams look at and say to themselves, I have to commit to you into your mid-30s, and that's not and that's nothing I really want to do in the present. I think I think Cody Bellinger, you know, where he's at, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. You have a, a really good beginning to your career. You burn out in a, in a couple in the middle from 2020, and then you have a resurgence last year. So it's hard to really assess properly or try to gauge what, you know, your productivity can look like when measuring it out over the next couple of years. And that's why he's in the situation that he's in. But again, I just, even if, well, you and I were talking about this during the break, even if he has a year that is similar to what he did last year, where, yep. as, I, as I pointed out in the pick six, highest batting average of his career. Uh, highest amount of stolen bases mm. outside of the shortened COVID season, fewest strikeouts, second in a myriad of other categories. So he had a good season. And even if he duplicates it, though, I think I think ownership, just because it's the better business decision to do, you're still going to be hesitant and not likely to give a long-term deal to a guy that you're still uncertain whether or not he can duplicate that success. But if he does duplicate his success, even if his batted ball numbers – um, don't jive with how well he did. If he does the same, don't you at some point have to say he's just different? He can do it, whether would you whether the data <laughs> supports it or not. Well, I, I'm saying because you still have to do. You're still doing two things that you said earlier in the show. One, you are roadblocking younger talent okay. coming in, so that's a big component. Yeah. And then the other I, side of it is is really seriously the money. You know, I, I mean, honestly, it, it, with no it, no disrespect intended for anyone i'm being honest if you have a veteran player with a track record of doing well don't you prefer that to a guy that is a if come maybe type of player oh he could be the greatest thing since sliced bread he can do everything well he can't do that but he can do this and this and doesn't no there's no power but don't get caught up in power I'm just saying, I, I you know, veteran players who have done it before 
have an easier time doing it again than guys that have never even been there. Especially in big moments. And, and I mean, the, the White Sox, I was just looking at their payroll, and their highest paid player is obviously Yoan Moncada, who was once the top prospect in baseball. Has he lived up to that billing? Has he lived up to that no. salary? No. You, you would have to say no. For various reasons, go ahead, make all the excuses. But the answer is simply no. It, you know, you would have been better off with a veteran guy that knows what the hell he's doing than a guy who's coming in and trying to learn how to play and and for whatever reason doesn't. There's thousands of examples of guys that don't live up to their projections. That's just the reality of life. And that's what that's the difference between potential and actual um, veteran sort of uh, ability and who people who have done it and shown they are going to do it, et cetera. All right. 312-644-6767. Frankie Z is in Naperville. Hey, Frankie. Hey, boys. How are you? Haven't talked to you in a while. Thank you. Great to talk to you, Frankie. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, I'm a big Brewers fan. You guys know that. And, and I'm, I'm not here to knock the Cubs at all. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is I would warn about Bellinger is, you know, I, I Everyone says, oh, what a, what a great signing. And it probably was. My point is, is though, if you take the last three years, two years bad, one right, good, right. how can he be – it's tough for him to well, – who knows I, what he's going to do this they, year. Well, the answer is simple. I mean, he was injured basically for two years, right? I mean, the, he, was, he was DFA'd uh, by the Dodgers. He was, a, he was a, uh, an MVP player. He got hurt, and he was hurt for a couple years. So he had to get back to where he was. He had to do well in order to get the big contract. I thought he played great for the Cubs. I think we talked about him as an MVP candidate for a, a large portion of the season, and he did very well for the Cubs. And then, you know, un- unfortunately or fortunately for the Cubs, nobody wanted to give him that big money because his, his batted ball data didn't jive with the numbers that he put up. So everybody was worried because the analytics said that it, it this might not have been a breakthrough. So you want to see him do it again, and that's kind of the situation he was in at age 28. So he signs a a three year deal for 80 million, and we'll we'll see. The Cubs are paying him more than they've ever paid a player for a single year. So you're paying him 30 million dollars. That's a his his um. He opted out on $25 million and he ended up getting $5 million more. The problem is he didn't get the long-term deal, and he doesn't get the – you know, look, if, if I signed a $30 million contract, I'm talking about me, you'd never see me again. You'd never be able to find me. I would get the money and roll. See ya. He's a, Molly's you, you living would, in Venezuela. You wouldn't know, but there'd be signs. He can't be extradited. <laughs> I'd be gone. But, you know, he's looking for more, and he's going to be playing well to try to get to it. Let's try, uh, let's try KC. KC is in Oak Lawn. Hey, KC. Doing that, fellas. Good. I want to thank you for fielding my call today. Sure. Now, look, I have a question for you. This is a head scratcher for mm. me, at least. Uh, seeing that Caleb Williams has not hired a agent. Yep. Uh, is he sending a message to the Bears? Because he 
you know, it's, it's on record. Ryan Post does not like to deal with agents who do not. I mean, draft players that don't do have, agents. have agents. Yeah. And, yeah. and you state that because of what happened with Roquan, right? Right. Okay. So is he sending a message to the Bears? I don't want to mess. I don't want to mess with my draft status or my value. But really, I don't want to go with you. And I know that Ryan Poles. Uh, has adversity or dealing with guys who don't have agents. So is he, is he, is this a precursor to the bears for the bears? Number one pick concerning Caleb Williams. Um, thanks for the phone call. I don't believe so. I mean, I, I think that if you look at the NFL, there is a rookie salary cap and we know what the projections are for any player coming into the league and you can want more and you can get, a percentage more than what Bryce Young got a year ago, but they're they're not they, they don't have to give you what you want. There is a rookie uh, a pay pay scale, so you know what he's going to get. If he chooses not to give a percentage of it to an agent, and he just wants to hire a lawyer to do that work for him, maybe that's smart. Maybe maybe you know why get an agent involved if the contract's already set, and it's the second contract where guys get paid. It's not the rookie contract coming in. What you want to do is you want to come in and you want to start that clock and you want to get to your second contract as fast as you can. And if you're good enough, they will come to you and give you the extension, uh, Patrick Mahomes, that uh, that you know is going to be out there for you. But, you know, they, you know, Justin Fields is three years into his career He's making about six million uh, this year, and then he will uh, jump to like twenty-two million if they picked up that option for the fifth year. They don't have to do that. They can keep him. They can trade him. They can do a lot of different things. But the fact is, you just want to start that rookie contract going. And um, and I don't I don't personally believe. You've got to have an agent to sign uh, on a rookie wage scale. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, if you get to the second contract and he doesn't have an agent and he's holding you up on it and you guys got a – you're at loggerheads about the value that the player holds, that's where you get in trouble. I don't think th- I don't think this is a message to the Bears. Absolutely not. I, I don't have an agent either, and I know people have given me crap about that in my 16-year career, but – the fact of the matter is there are certain radio personalities that have zero interest in things like that. Zero interest in reading the fine print in a contract. Zero interest in the nuances and the negotiating. And that's fine. But some people, like myself, genuinely enjoy it. Especially when you know numbers and what they should be. And as you mentioned, Caleb Williams is the same way. Second, second contract, he doesn't have an agent, then it's an issue. First contract, I don't want you to take 15% of my money. Well, I don't think that's. I don't think that is. Well, I'm saying things that way, you're right. Way and into I think it. it's five percent in the NFL, but but whatever, because the contracts are, are significantly higher. Nonetheless, I don't think that it's a problem in the in the right now. I don't think. It, well, let's put it this way. I don't think it's a message that he doesn't want to be in Chicago. Right. They they will talk to him this weekend, and if he sends a message, they'll hear it loud and clear. But this isn't the message. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall. We got we to gotta mention something with the Bears, and we'll do that next. Mully and Hall on the score. 
Yeah, of course. Of course I want to stay. To be honest, bro, I'll be trying to like, you know, with all the talk, it's, it's hard to, you know, I guess kind of just boom be in one place, but I can't see myself playing in another place. But if it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love right. the city, the city's lit. The the fans there, you know, they're great mm -hmm. and the people, but um, it's a business. I ain't got no control over it. So whatever right. happens, happens. Mully and Haw, Gabe Ramirez, kind enough to sit in. David with a well-earned day off, and I think he's a jury duty. Really? Is that is that a well-earned day off? I mean, shouldn't you if you're if you really get a day off, must you go judge I others? I assume that you know he was just you know partied out from the Blackhawks game yesterday. No, he he's been arguing with uh, the uh, jury fine duty people <laughs> with jury duty that he is peerless. Therefore. Cannot pass judgment on others. That is great. I might have made that argument. Up. This. Wouldn't that. that be a great thing to say? Let's cut that wouldn't into they, the show. Open wouldn't tomorrow. they just release you if you said that? I don't. Anyway, know uh, that that's the voice of Justin Fields. You just heard there. He was on with the St. Brown brothers um, and their podcast, Equinemius and Amon Ra. We've got the wrong St. Brown brother. Uh, but but at any rate, it's interesting because, and we'll have to get into this a little bit, but Peter King, our guy, Peter King, um, he's apparently written his final Football Morning in America column. And, um, I, you know, I didn't know Peter was uh, was was done, uh, but, but he's done with that anyway. I don't know wh whether he'll be back or what he will be doing, but... Here's what he said in his final column. He said, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears could the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should and trade the first-round pick once or twice and build the kind of support supporting cast Teams need to contend. Suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, which would then take Caleb Williams. He's a, a local uh, guy in Washington. And they got the second-round pick, second-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick in return. So they would swap picks. They would get a draft pick next year from Washington, and they get their own second-round pick back that they gave them in the – sweat trade, and he says, then suppose Poles trades the second pick to Atlanta at eight, and the Falcons pick up one of the other quarterbacks, and in return, Chicago gets the eighth pick this year, Atlanta's second-round pick this year, first and second-round picks next year, and imagine them moving from one to eight and ending up with this draft haul the eighth pick in the draft, which would come from, obviously, uh, Atlanta. The ninth, which is their own pick this year. Second-round picks from Washington and Atlanta this year. Three first-round picks, their own, one from Atlanta, one from Washington, and two second-round picks in 2025. You move down seven picks in the first round, the Bears could end up with nine picks in the first two rounds of the next two drafts, instant infrastructure. <laughs> I love these because, Molly, I mean, you and I can literally create something out of thin air. 
my favorite is when you have conversations with Bears fans, and, and let's say that trade in particular, and they say, what, you don't like that? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I, I mean, the only difference <laughs> is that it's Peter King. Right, It's right, not right, just right. a Bear fan who right. runs into you in a bar. But, I mean, I, I, think, I think a lot of people kind of feel that way, that you could end up with an unbelievable haul. Now, you know, who you getting at 8-9? and nine? Are you getting a quarterback later in the draft then? Are you ignoring the quarterback position and sticking with Justin Fields, as Peter would like to see you do? There, there is just a world of possibility if you start adding up all these draft picks. Now, you know, Big Z wrote that he believes the Bears are going to draft a quarterback with the first pick in the draft. He doesn't know who it is. Uh, we talked to um, our guy from Our Lads who said that he believes Jaden Daniels is going to move ahead of Caleb Williams. And Jaden Daniels, and, and see, the problem is the whole time we've been hearing generational talent, Caleb Williams, people have been waiting years for him to come out. You don't draft him. Now it's like, whoa, hey, wait a minute. So you don't end up with Fields or Caleb Williams. Would you be better off trading down then in that scenario? I just think it's. You know the the um, the combine is an indie starting uh, today, and and it'll pick up. I think um, Flucy speaks at twelve thirty on Tuesday, so gear yourself up tomorrow at twelve thirty. Man, is there going to be a lot of information given out? A typical Matt Eberflus, what? Yeah, no, there's not going to be a lot of information given <laughs> yeah. out. <laughs> But uh, okay, so so there you go. We'll we'll get back to that. We're going to bring in Phil Thompson. We're going to talk about the Blackhawks' day at the United Center. Dare we call it a dream day? The biggest the biggest day of the year for the Blackhawks at the United Center, and obviously the uh, the biggest attendance as well because everyone was there, and uh, it was loads of fun. It's Mully and Haw with Gabe Ramirez here on the Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.